following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to Ye Old Program, I Doubt It Podcast, episode 830. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined today by the lovely, talented, and indeed scholarly, Brittany Page, everybody. So last time we announced that you were diagnosed with colon cancer, and... It does... I'm not getting used to hearing it. (laughs) I'll tell you that. It's strange. It's very yeah. strange, and you logged into your... That's a disease for other people. You logged into That's your... That's not a Jesse D. disease. Your portal, where you were looking at your health information. Oh, yeah. And it said, like, conditions that are currently being treated. It was under my health summary. Yes. Yeah. And it was strange to see it there, too. Like, I mean, every point... Cancer of the ascending colon. Yeah. Cancer of the colon, comma, ascending. That's what it said. Yeah. So... Yeah, not great. You put a picture of it, actually, on your YouTube video. I think in the video that you called an update on my cancer diagnosis... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You showed a picture of the actual mass that, that they found. Yeah. And it's been interesting that people have been messaging about that, different responses to it. Some people saying, oh, it looks better than <laughs> than I thought it would, you know. Yeah, it didn't look that bad, I think he said. It's like, well, that's not inside of you, bro. Well, also, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I remember the mood of the room when they took me back and, and then you came in and you were still loaded. On fentanyl, which is weird because fentanyl is killing everyone. It's like so dangerous. You can't even be around it. Like cops, when they go near it, they like immediately overdose. It's crazy how you were like given that in the hospital. I should have asked the doctor what kind of hazmat suits they wore to administer my fentanyl dose to to anesthetize me. Yeah. Update to the media. Please stop just repeating lines from the police when they're given to you. Because cops are getting high. I (laughs) I remember when... The doctor who did your colonoscopy said, I'm concerned about this. And she turned the page around and it was a picture of it. And I saw it and I was like, oh my God, this is not good. This is not good. I think, I mean, it wouldn't have really mattered because I I take things in stride, I think. I think, you know, pretty stridacious, (laughs) not a word. Um but hadn't I been high, I wonder what would have been my reaction. Because I, going home, thought that the mass they were talking about was like the purplish, chocolatey thing somewhere on one of those photos. And that wasn't it at all. It was the, how the fuck did I miss this red, angry, bleeding mass that's like enveloping three quarters of the wall of my intestine. Yeah. The thing that you're talking about may have been the tattoo because she well, she called oh. it a tattoo. She said she marked the area just before. So they know where to go. So they know where to go when they're yeah, doing yeah. the surgery. Yeah. But how how has it been for you? I mean, it's been probably around two weeks, maybe or a week. I, I, I don't remember. It has been cancer-tastic. No, I don't know. It's been fine. I'm. Um, there's been some tears, a few moments of... Uh, the realization that you know I could I could die, mm-hmm. 
but I'm, I don't know. I just feel very confident that it's going to be, maybe it's because I'm just overwhelmingly lucky in life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, this will work out too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> I so, so jealous of your, <laughs> no, con- seriously, that's your constitution. How, that's how I'm feeling about it. It's mm-hmm. just, I'm, I don't know. Like even even when when we 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 I did a live stream on YouTube the other day, and then we we chopped it up into sections to put as content because not everybody has time to sit through a whole hour long live stream. So mm-hmm. one of the sections was like a bunch of questions that were asked about the cancer, mm-hmm. my cancer. It's not the cancer; it's my cancer. And in titling it, I I said. A bunch of cancer questions asked. And in my head, I'm like, oh, is that callous? Is that, what would people who have cancer think about that? Would that be offensive to them? And I'm like, I'm there. I'm them. Yeah. I'm okay with it. So that it goes. Yes. 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 I, it's just a strange thing. I mean, yeah, it's, for it's, sure. it's a strange thing. And it's strange talking about it, like on the show. I always envisioned that if we were doing this long enough, inevitably things were going to come up that we couldn't avoid talking about like health related. Yeah, and here we are. And here we are. <laughs> and and it is a weird feeling, but there's no way to not communicate about it because there were even days last week that like you were too tired to do videos. Yeah. And well, it is, it is a strange thing. And I bet you it's strange for the audience too, because they see me in quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes here, everybody top form mm-hmm. in a YouTube video, mm-hmm. but that's me like, rallying for those seven minutes that I'm going to be on camera. Mm -hmm. And then afterward, I've got big plans to do this or this or this. And it's like, I I just can't do it. I'm Mm going to go take a nap. Yeah. It's been a lot of napping. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's physical exhaustion, like actual the cancer is uh, taking its toll on me physically, or if it's just an emotional weight and, you know, the, the, the positivity has to spill out somewhere, you know. Yeah. And I mean there's got to be a, a an alternate um ramification of all of my uh, optimism and it's being overwhelmingly tired. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, and I've been shadowing you all week to take your spot because yes. I don't know how to do anything technical whatsoever. <laughs> I know it's strange that... Even like making thumbnails, you're like, I don't know that I can do that in Photoshop. I know how to use paint, you said. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have technical skills and you have taught yourself all of this stuff. And I know I've had the opportunity to like have free knowledge of how to do all of this for years. I could have asked at any time and I never did. Yeah. And it took this catastrophic life and death moment where I need to step in to finally push me to the point where I'm learning it. So well, let me say, uh, Brittany did do a video solo video on YouTube my, I was, my first solo video. I was not far away supervising from out of frame of camera. <laughs> and you fucking nailed it. You killed it. It was supposed to be just like a test run. Um, have the lights on. Have you operate the camera to see what it's like. And I'm seriously, it's not even like a, a kiss in your ass thing. I am blown away at how seamless and effortless you made it look like because it's you're going to give the game a little bit of an... People are going to be thinking, oh, that's fucking easy. Mm-hmm. That's her first one. She did great. I stumbled and fumbled like a fucking idiot 
with the ums and the uh, uh, uh. But for several videos when I started doing them extemporaneous speaking. So yeah. great job. Everybody should go check out that video. It's also a topic near and dear to Britney's heart um, that was immediately demonetized because of its content. I'm going to have to figure that out. The things that I want to talk about get demonetized, so I need to figure that out. But thank you, number one. I... Just before recording the video, I sat at the desk and cried for like 10 minutes and had to like clean up my eyes and take deep breaths so that I didn't have a rage rash on my neck, which I sometimes get when I'm expressing any kind of emotion. It's because I'm so fair. Any emotion well, that I it's have also, displayed on my skin. The crying's also, it's just a culmination of like everything's coming to fruition now. It's like it's becoming real that I'm going to be you know, healing from my guts being opened and intestine sections of my intestine chopped out. Yeah. And you're, it's real. There's, there's other things involved than just the job we do. It's also interpersonal shit. Oh, for relationship sure. shit. Yeah. So. And I, I, I don't know need, why I feel the need to like give you cover. It's okay to cry, Brittany. Well, and I used to feel insecure about being on YouTube because of, Oh, what will the comments say? Oh my God, people, what are they going to say? And then it takes a life and death situation to just illustrate how stupid it is <laughs> to worry about what random people are saying. And it really has helped me because people will write a comment about like how they thought my jacket was ugly and I need to, I'm attractive and I need to dress in a way that like plays it. Yeah, you're something. you're a beautiful woman. You don't need to dress like a seventy year old woman. They said it's like. By the way, that's a blazer you didn't just buy for YouTube. You fucking love that thing. I you love wear that, that blazer. Thing. I'm going to continue to wear it. I'm going to wear it with pride, like a the seventy year old woman I am in my yeah, heart. I yeah. guess you know, or just whatever whatever comments people have to say. It just doesn't matter because yeah. Yeah. this situation has put everything in perspective and. I don't care about that anymore. I mean, really, it has been freeing, you know. So yeah. I think what you said is right. The tears were just, I mean, it's everything has been stressful. It's been stressful. So I appreciate all of the support, though. I know you do, too. It's been really nice to have so much support and have people sharing their own stories about cancer treatments and uh, people that they know, people that they love that have gotten through it themselves whatever it might be and and that has been really nice also people who have called in saying that you were the catalyst for them taking action on their health that has been good too for me that's the that's the thing that i mean all of it sticks with me but that really is there at the forefront of my mind is that maybe this experience for me can be um a change moment for others to find, oh shit, I also had colon cancer and didn't fucking know it. And hadn't I gone to the doctor would have just withered and died because that's what would have happened with me. Yeah. Without you, I would have just been like, ah, it's fine. I'm just tired. I'm just too fat. I'm just, uh, blah, 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 whatever. And then wouldn't have gone to the doctor with, you know, the nonsense growing inside me. So, yeah. So the, the show here we we may continue to be a little sparse. We are not putting it on the back burner. We do, do still want to make shows, but I like I said, it, we, I've been training on YouTube because I need to take that over, and so that has been taking up a lot of our time, but I'm going to learn how to edit the show. I know I don't know how to do that either. Crazy, guys. What have I been doing? I just show up and sit down and talk into the mic. I'm so worthless. <laughs> so I'm learning how to- Well, I'm not a good teacher. 
I'm an you're impatient not. prick. You are very mean, actually. <laughs> I wouldn't say very mean. No, you're an aggressive you... <laughs> teacher. And you're very mean and hateful, in fact. <laughs> All right, let's get on with this show. Okay. This is too much inside All right, bullshit. So... <laughs> <laughs> you're cracking the veneer. Okay. You're cracking the veneer of the nice guy that everybody knows me to be. Everyone Brittany. knows you can be a dick. It's fine. Okay. But they love you anyway. Okay. So we have some listener communication. We got a ton of listener communication. That's prick shit, bro. That's prick shit. There is no way that we could get through it all. So we chose a few voicemails to play specifically related to the response we got about cancer. And we also are kind of working our way through replying because we want yeah. we want to reply. But I'm serious when we say so much communication. I mean, between YouTube comments... Emails, voicemails, voice memos, it's tens of thousands of messages. So please know that we are reading and It's not an exaggeration. Tens of thousands. Yes, we are reading and listening to these messages. It's just we were struggling to re- reply to yeah. everything. So we have our first voicemail here from Anonymous in Ireland. Hello, Jesse and Brittany. I'm ringing you from Ireland because I am such a strong supporter of your YouTube site and your Patreon site. And I think you do fantastic work. And you are so brave to be so outspoken with your cancer diagnosis. I am a 60-year-old lady. And I am terrified of cancer because it seems to be everywhere. And thank you for being so brave about it. You helped me think about getting a colonoscopy myself. So I admire you both. I think you're very, very strong. And I like how you talk about America. Thinking of you both from Ireland. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. This brings up an interesting question, Jesse. Thank you so much for the call. Anonymous, by the way. Um, from Ireland. Very exciting. Are you going to talk about the bravery angle? No. Were you afraid of cancer before getting cancer? No. Was it something that was on your radar? No way. No fucking way. And also, I would push back by, by about any bravery or anything like that. I'm just... Maybe I'm just dumb enough to, like, turn off the the risk alarms that, that, that are ringing everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I don't even hear those. What? What, do you, <laughs> what is this smoke in the house? I'm... <laughs> Why is it smoky in here? Oh, my God. Oh, it's just spicing up the house. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't say brave, but uh, I I do. Listen, if if, if anybody can take anything away from this experience, because it's someone they know, if you listen to the show and you watch me on YouTube, you know me. I mean, it might be uh, amped up by about 10%, but everybody in my life would say, oh, yeah, that's about right. (laughs) That seems about right. Mm -hmm. Um, That this... There's no other way to handle it but by putting your head down and facing it fucking head on. So mm-hmm. um, it's not brave. It's just, there, I, for me, there's no other way to do it. So, mm-hmm. and maybe dumbness. So, well, I share in the perspective of Anonymous from Ireland that I have a fear of cancer as well. I think it's just because if you live long enough, you're going to get it, right? I mean, it, it, yeah. That's kind of a reality Given the odds, that yeah, we live sure, in, right? Sure. Yeah. So it's scary. And the other scary thing is there's not really anything that you can do. Like there's no secret recipe to life to avoid it. You know, even healthy people who do all the right things and 
they exercise all the time and they do what they need they to do. They never eat red meat. They never touch alcohol. Yeah. I mean, obviously those things are going to, in some ways, increase your odds by however much. I don't think that they have that figured out yet. They know it plays a role, yeah. certainly, but they don't know how much. I, I don't know. I'm just, one, I'm not going to live a life of, of suffering or, or um, not regret, but you know, withholding things from myself that are, it's not like I'm out there spiking my veins with heroin and just like throwing caution to the wind, but we are pretty healthy. We eat very well. Uh, we don't eat processed foods and it's not like we're going to Taco Bell or McDonald's all the time. Uh, you know, I don't know it anyway. So thank you very much. Anonymous, uh, uh, next call, same topic. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Kristen from uh, California. I am calling with the heaviest of heart. Um, I, I, I know that we, on a level where, where we don't know each other, um, I am a, a devoted fan of the, the podcast, the YouTube videos, and I have to say that today hearing Jesse that you have cancer, I found myself crying because it's like somebody I know and respect has it. Um, Brittany, you made a brilliant point about dealing with it um, with humor. My mother is a almost 16-year breast cancer survivor. And uh, <laughs> actually, um, when she got the diagnosis, I um, decided that I was going to, she had a bilateral mastectomy. Um, she was, thank God, uh, um, stage one. Um, I decided to have a going, I threw her a going away party for her boobs. And <laughs> it, it was, she said, one of the most cathartic things. Um, we had uh, a bra burning station. Um, I got these things from a novelty store called Tit Tax. Um, you know, she made a joke one day. Um, she said, you know, the, you know, the best part about having breast cancer. And I kind of looked at her and I said, well, I didn't know there was a good thing. I shit, let alone the best part. And it was, you know, she said, you know how much money I'm saving on bras. So if that's how you deal, um, you have to do what's best for you. And, uh, just want you all, you both, to know that um, we are sending all the love and positivity. I, I don't pray. I'm sorry. But uh, just for both of you, because you're a team. Um, love you guys both. Still, Brittany is the best part of the show. Take care. Love the show. Brittany is the best part. Bye. Thank you very much for that very kind voicemail. I think that <laughs> not everyone understands the dark humor situation that we were talking about on the last yeah. episode, but I'm happy that at least many people out there understand the the dark humor thing, and it, it helps. It helps to get through it. Also, like you just said, going back to the point about you live long enough, you're going to get it. I'm not fucking special. This I'm not like, oh, it... Uh, just, I need to, millions of people get cancer. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is, it, I'm not special. I'm, I'm going to deal with it. Like, you know, I don't know. Fuck. I don't know. I still haven't processed it all the way, I guess, but mm -hmm. I, I'm not any more or less than it just, it's a thing that happened and we're going to deal with it as, as best we can. 
through modern medicine and surgical technology and, and expertise of, of scientists and medical professionals. That's mm-hmm. the way we're going to do it. I'm not going to mix fucking Jochi Berry with cottage cheese and whip it in a blender and pour in flaxseed oil and heat it to 12 degrees. And blah, blah, blah. We're not doing any of that. I'm not going to a hypnotherapist. I'm not going to eat raw cured cannabis. And if not, it's going to come back. That's the other part of this that has maddened me. It's been strange. Is all of the cures that people are, are the, the, the voicemail, one, two, three, four, five voicemails, the email after one, after the other, after the other, please get in touch with me. I have a cure that no one wants to pay attention to. You don't. Yeah, you don't have a cure. <laughs> yeah. And it's- if you do... Let everyone know. Why Why are you not a bazillionaire? Because you are the one person on earth with no medical training, no scientific expertise in these matters, who has, who has cured it. Mm-hmm. It's the, the, the medical industrial complex just wants to keep the cure from the people, and they're keeping the fucking frogs gay. I mean, come on. Well, that's the thing. I think it is a conspiracy theory that you see on the left, and oftentimes the left wants to point at the right for being the ones that believe in the conspiracy yeah. theories, but oftentimes... This one related to like the pharmaceutical industry suppressing cures for cancer yeah. intentionally because they want to make money. Like that's a conspiracy Imagine theory. the money they would make if they cured fucking cancer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then you see like parents of kids that have cancer and they're begging people to donate to these organizations because they are not funded well enough for for research for cancer because they're kids yeah and there's no interest or money in that so that has been a strange (laughs) a strange element of all of this even though i think most people mean well it's just not helpful to send us like you really did get one that said like blend cottage cheese with chia seeds and you know, flax seeds and flaxseed oil, I think, yeah. or chia seed and chia seed oil. I, anyway, I yeah, we're not, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Christian, for the call. We appreciate it very much. Moving on, uh, I think this is the final message, unless we have some uh, emails. Hey, Jess. Hey, Britt. Just tried calling. I think I lost service. Uh, Brian from Boston here. Just calling with a daily checkup on you guys. See how you guys are feeling today. Uh, Jess, I just want to say thank you. Um, hearing your story basically has put the fire in my ass, for lack of a better expression, to go get a colonoscopy. Um, I'm 36. I've had similar experiences to what you were listing on your show. And I'd really like to be around to listen to this podcast for a lot more years. So just want to say thank you. Hope you're feeling better today. Hope Brittany's doing well. As always, I love you guys. Brittany's the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Well, definitely take care of yourself, Brian. Definitely go get checked if you think that's something you need to do. Absolutely, without doubt. Um, but don't base your medical decisions of wanting to remain on the earth uh, on whether or not you get to continue to listen to this fucking show. That seems like a goddamn nightmare. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but we very much appreciate the calls and the concern and the love. 
just like this message from Brian, it 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 is meaningful. Is not even doing justice to how we feel about the overwhelming outpouring of support and love and and concern for for this dumb shit's health. So we appreciate it very much. Absolutely. All right. Uh, moving on. This went longer than I thought it would, but uh, let's get to some Patreon support that we want to thank you for. I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters. Seriously yodeling into the void during this thunderstorm because I couldn't find the glory hole. Seriously yodeling into the void something glory hole. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Jose D. Jose D. Brendan P. Brendan P. Charles W. Charles W. Teresa L. Teresa L. Buffalo A10. Buffalo A10. Maggie H. Maggie H. Is that Maggie Haberman? I hope not. <laughs> it is not. Tony D. Tony D. Tony D. Who came back? There was some issues. Accidentally created a second Patreon account, but got it all figured out. Awesome. So, Came in through new in the email, but not technically new because Tony D has been a long-term supporter of this show. We very yeah, much yeah. appreciate Tony D. Becky T. Becky T. Sunshine C. Sunshine C. Annette H. Annette H. F. Cancer. F. Cancer. We could just say it. Fuck cancer. Well, they wrote F. Cancer. Well, I'm saying fuck. Okay. George F. George F. Lissa B. Lissa B. Chris Larson, the Midnight Maker. Chris Larson, the Midnight Maker. Terry O. Terry O. Terry O. <laughs> Lady Lee O22J. What is happening? Lady G. O- L- Lady what? Lady Lee. Lady Lee O22J. Sonia B. Sonia B. Sonia B. <laughs> Jerry S. Jerry S. Louis D. Louis D. Randolph W. Randolph W. Brandolph. Brandolph W. Tyler F. Tyler F. Riviera L. Riviera L. Donald M. Donald M. David F. David F. Blinn C. Blinn C. Ove T. Ove T. Melissa M. Melissa M. Jimbo R. Jimbo R. Those are the new Patreon supporters. That is seriously over-fucking-whelming. I need to think of a better word that is more communicative and descriptive of what I feel. That would be good if you did that. So now, Unlikely. <laughs> now we want to give a shout out to the Patreon supporters who have edited and increased their pledge. So these are the individuals who have edited and increased their pledge. A disc golfer. A disc golfer. Darren G. Darren G. Insane Atheist. Insane Atheist. Kimba A. Kimba A. Rusted Ducks Design. Rusted Ducks Design. Chad P. Chad P. Melissa M. Melissa M. Frank D. Frank D. Matthias W. M. Matthias W. M. Mandy M. Mandy M. And Steph. And Steph. 
thank you so very much for all of the individuals who have increased their pledge. So the contest winners, everyone's merchandise has been ordered and shipped. So if you were one of the giveaway winners and you got back to me, there's one person who never got back to me. So I'm still trying to work that out. But should we just say her name? Mary. Mary T. (laughs) Send me your preferred merchandise and I will order that for you. But everyone else, it is on its way. So thank you for your patience with that. And we are excited to see it when you get it. So make sure you take a picture and we can share it with everyone and say, here are our giveaway winners. We are still working out the end of your Patreon gift. Stay tuned for that announcement. And we are putting our Patreon hangouts on hold for now. So we're not announcing one for the month of October because it's very likely Jesse is having surgery. He has his surgery consultation on Tuesday, and we don't know how soon he will be going into surgery. So we are kind of keeping things open, trying to figure out when he's going to have that. So just for now, we're putting that on hold. Um Thank you for your patience with that. And thank you so much for your support. We could not do this without you. Yeah. We love you guys very, very much. And uh, (laughs) moving on. Stalemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Ben Shapiro... And Matt Walsh and all these other conservative goofballs. He ordered his female genitalia. They were very, very upset. There's some whores in this house. Because Lizzo decided to play James Madison's flute. Hop on top, I want to ride. I do a kegel while it's inside. And they just, they can't, they cannot have this happen. They just learned. Extra hard. They just learned that James Madison had a flute. They just figured this out, and they are enraged by by how it's being treated. What? He he had a crystal flute. In late in life, James Madison had to sell a bunch of property, a.k.a. human beings, Mm -hmm. because he was a, a vile, sinister enslaver of humans, because he was in such debt, he had to sell off his slave holdings. Why didn't he sell the crystal fucking flute? Little freak. So, oh, speaking of that, I said certified freak seven days a week. Maybe that's why. Yeah. So that's the context. We Bring all know a bucket and a mop. Oh God, there's so many. We all know who Lizzo is. We all love Lizzo. Yeah, yeah. Lizzo represents just unending positivity. That's what she does. Yeah, and unimaginable talent. Yes, yeah, she's so talented, but also she's so positive. And her message is about lifting people up and yeah. encouraging people to be confident and love themselves. And that's what makes this particularly gross, is that Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, all these conservative goofballs are attacking her. And they always, always include in their criticism something about her weight. Her appearance, her weight, Yeah. Which is her not surprising. Outfit, what she's wearing, always in there. Yeah, it's not surprising because these guys make their money off of being dicks. I mean, that's how they make their money is just by being as hateful and angry as possible. So let's start with Matt Walsh because he he plays the video and kind of gives context while he's talking. We, we mentioned that Lizzo played the 200-year-old crystal flute of James Madison on stage at a concert for literally like 
25 seconds, mm-hmm. gave it back to the person, the, the, the custodian of the instrument at the Library of Congress, and then conservatives lost their motherfucking minds. Lizzo performs on stage with James Madison's 200-year-old crystal flute. That's exactly what happened. Set up initially by a tweet from Carla Hayden of the Library of Congress. She posted, quote, the Library of Congress has the largest flute collection in the world with more than 1,800. It includes President James Madison's 1813 crystal flute. Lizzo, we would love for you to come see it and even play a couple when you're in D.C. next week. Like, like your song, they are good as hell. Winky face emoji. Now, it would be bad enough that the Librarian of Congress is using emojis and the phrase good as hell in communications from official government accounts. But uh, they took it many steps further. A few days later, uh, official representatives from the Library of Congress, along with Secret Service, came up on stage during a Lizzo concert in D.C., handed her the priceless historical artifact, and uh, let her do this with it. Let's watch it together. And he gives okay, commentary so during this. Library of Congress, they hand her the flute. No big deal. If she drops it, just shatters and nothing to worry about there. She's in her see-through onesie. She's got the thong on. It's crystal. It's like playing out of a, a, a wine glass. Okay. Let's see. Let's see this performance. Is she, she gonna? Is she gonna perform a beautiful? Yep. And there's the twerking. There's the twerking. Oh, she's raging in the air. You know, again, drop it, no big deal. But she didn't. There's more with this Matt Walsh nonsense. But she didn't fucking drop it. She is a classically trained flautist, a flute player. Mm-hmm. She, you think she's just willy nilly fucking dropping flutes everywhere? You fucking chode! You goddamn cancer of a human being! Fucking Matt Walsh. Okay. This is uh, is actually they've done studies on this, and if you watch um, a Lizzo video, it's it's a it's like a it's scientifically guaranteed that within thirty seconds of when the video starts, she will be twerking. So there's no there is no footage of her that lasts longer than thirty seconds where she's not twerking. Oh, and would that be the same study of the mermaids and how the mermaids would actually be translucent? It's scientifically proven. There's been science and research done. Every video of, 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 of Lizzo, she's, she just loves to twerk everywhere and she drops the flutes. Ah, what are we going to do? What an outrage. People are so embarrassing. Well, there's more. Now, to make sure that we uh, have the quote correct for the historical record, Lizzo said... I just twerked and played James Madison's flute from the 1800s. And that she did. Now, needless to say, there were many members of the media attending this concert, and Mm, they couldn't stop gushing about the beauty and power and historical significance of what they just witnessed. Now, in fairness, that that is how they react to literally everything Lizzo does or says. If they saw her eating waffles for breakfast, which I'm sure she does quite frequently, they they would declare it the most brave and inspirational waffle-related event they'd ever witnessed. If Lizzo were to then burp at the conclusion of her meal, they would tearfully exclaim that her belch sounded like the choirs of angels singing from on high. This is the rule the media realizes, because Lizzo is obese, she's female, she's black, which means that 
everything she does is by default heroic and wonderful, and any criticism by default is automatically racist and sexist and body shaming on top of it. No, but when it is racist and sexist, you get called it. Because that's what the fuck it is. And body shaming. Yeah, gee, well, which I'm sure she has breakfast, waffle breakfasts all the time. Yeah, I mean, listen, Matt Walsh yesterday tweeted because Jordan Peterson was trending on Twitter because Olivia Wilde, this whole Don't Worry Darling movie, all the drama surrounding it, one of the characters in her movie, Don't Worry Darling, is based on Jordan Peterson. And mm. in an interview that she gave, she said... Jordan Peterson is this guy, he's like an incel leader, and he, you know, is like standing up for all of these men who feel like they are owed sex from women. She just shit all over him, which is great. And he was asked about how he felt those comments were from Olivia Wilde in an interview, and he started crying, talking about it. Jordan Peterson, of course he did. And and he's like, oh, these are just, you know, it's hard for people to understand how demoralized these men are, and he starts crying about it. Who buys that? And Matt Walsh tweeted something like the left hates Jordan Peterson because he's taking up for these demoralized men instead of treating them with scorn. It's like that's not why the left hates Jordan Peterson. That's not why the left hates you. The left hates you because you spend your days plotting how to attack black women, how to attack the trans community, how to attack Sports Illustrated swimsuit models. Like I don't buy the tears from Jordan Peterson when he's talking about you don't understand how demoralized people are. You mean the people that you use your platform to bully the people who are already... I'd rather die than delete that tweet. Yeah, so I don't don't buy it. And enough with the tears because it's it's a manipulation. Also, the only thing that I'm really really quite flummoxed about is the the fact that no one's talking about the APB that should be placed on the whereabouts of Matt Walsh's chin because that fucking thing is is gone it is it is off the map there needs to be a nationwide chin hunt for what's going on underneath what he's 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 deceiving America under that fucking beard so here's what happens is anytime a confident black woman comes out and does anything is all these conservative commentators are like, perfect. This is how we can stir up hate within our audiences. And so you heard Matt Walsh. If you ever hear someone talking about how they like Matt Walsh, prominent red flag for you immediately. And Ben Shapiro is another one. He did not waste any time jumping on this train as well. The first clip, totally uncontroversial. The one that actually made the rounds, however, was for twerking. Because it is the contrast. That's the whole point that they are making. And commentators were saying this. It is the contrast between Lizzo, a significantly overweight African-American musician, right? Because the idea is that it's groundbreaking for an African-American musician to play James Madison, the, the found, one of the founders of the Constitution, to play his flute. That's the groundbreaking aspect. Is that the groundbreaking aspect, though? Again, he's... He's creating uh, an answer to an argument that doesn't exist. It's not that she's black and played the flute. It's the, or that she's significantly overweight or whatever the fuck and bullshit. It's the fact that James Madison, author of the constitution, founding father of the United States of America, fourth president of these United States, owner of human beings, enslaver of men women and children had a crystal fucking flute uh which ben shapiro will go on to call an extraordinarily classy instrument and what would he think this enslaver 
of this black talented woman playing his flute on on stage that's the contrast you fucking moron but really it isn't even her race right they tried to make it about her race it isn't really her race because i'm sure that if they had wanted to find a better flautist who is black than Lizzo, I'm sure that there are many black flautists who are significantly better than Lizzo, right? They play in orchestras around the world. I'm sure they are wonderful. Name a flautist, Ben Shapiro, other than Lizzo. I only know one. It's fucking Lizzo, bro. She is the most <laughs> famous, classically trained flautist of of normal people and their understanding of this 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 segment of the music world. Of course, there's probably more talented flautists who play extraordinarily classy instruments. Ugh. Okay, so if the, if the idea was just going to be, we are going to take a historic instrument that belonged to a white Southerner who was in charge of founding the Constitution, and we are going to have a very talented African-American black person play that, that would have been really uncontroversial. Like, seriously. It would be the equivalent of if, if, let's say, that George Washington had had a harpsichord, and we had had Condoleezza Rice go and play the harpsichord. Like, everyone was like, okay, all right, fine. Okay, but it is the twerking that does it. Understand it's the twerking. It, it is about the twerking. The story is solely and completely about the twerking, which is why twerking, you didn't see the first video. Twerking. The first video has a few views. And no one gives a shit about the twerking. I mean, apparently By the way, it wasn't like, like a rap music video where they're just going to fucking town on Twerkville. It was like a little bit of an ass shake. Like it was like she fluttered the little tw- the little flute, yeah, and her ass kind of went. Yeah, it was funny. Cares? It was funny. Wait, wait, there's more. There's more. It's so much. It gets even better. The one of her playing very nicely in the Library of Congress while dressed somewhat decently. It is the second video where she is twerking and wearing skimpy outfits with the flute that is because the idea is to degrade the culture. That is why people. That is why the clip is viral. The reason the clip is viral is the contrast between a person twerking and the idea of a of a an extraordinarily classy instrument, <laughs> a historic instrument that speaks to sort of the gentility of America's founders being brought into a context that is vulgar. It's the vulgarization of American history. Again, Lizzo did both, and only one of those clips went viral. And so if you notice that, then you're very, very bad. If you notice that, then this means that you're some sort of racist or it means that you don't want black people playing the flute or something. No, I just don't want people twerking with historic instruments. He doesn't want people twerking with historic instruments. Yeah, the twerking and the skimpy outfits, it degrades the culture, says the guy who has WAP on loop in his incognito window, for Wet sure. Ass P word. So this classy argument, by the way, where he's talking about like it, it's classy or not classy, it's the same thing that happened when the Trump got elected. And all of these Republicans were suddenly talking about how class was being brought to the White House right. with Melania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all know what that means. You're not even being very coded. It in means your pretty language. white lady is what it means. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about how it's not Michelle Obama. Yeah, I mean, for these people, a, a black person being confident or going about their lives like that in and of itself is degrading the culture for you. Yes. So I, I, I mean, I don't know. Also, I find it. Uh, wildly fucking offensive that he, with his stupid fucking micro machines mouth, is calling the founding fathers our enslavers. Between you know the the the, the presidents who were um, slave owners, they held thousands of human beings in bondage, and he has the fucking audacity to call them and refer to their gentility. 
Gentility is defined as social superiority as demonstrated by genteel manners, behaviors, or appearances. So twerking, confident black woman who is an expert at that instrument is a classically trained um, player of this instrument. She is degrading the culture, but the men who own humans, they're genteel. They're socially superior, according to fucko Ben Shapiro. Yeah, so we are Team Lizzo on this show. Yes. Team Lizzo, and I think anyone would be Team Lizzo. So we would love to know what you think about that. 657-464-7609 or I doubt it at dollamore.com. Can we move on to talk about uh, another couple of fucking charlatans, Brittany Page? Yes. Mitch the- McConnell and Kirsten Cinema. Yes. Kristen Cinema appeared at a an event with Mitch McConnell where they had mutual praise for one another. And let's let's start with Mitch McConnell's praise for Kristen Cinema. I've only known Kirsten for uh, four years, but she is, in my view, and I've told her this before, the most effective first-term senator I've seen in my time in the Senate. She is today what we have too few of in the Democratic Party, a genuine moderate and a deal maker. A deal maker making deals to fucking obstruct progress is what she's done. Right. That benefit the Republican Party. It's no wonder that he's showering her with praise. I mean, this is not something that you want. You do not want Mitch McConnell showering you with praise, saying that you're an effective the Person. most the most effective first term senator in his career. <sighs> and he's been there for like 212 years. There the rumor is is that Mitch McConnell is the one who fashioned the crystal fucking flute with his own hands. <laughs> wow, that was you know what? Can I just say the APB thing, I knew I knew a joke was coming even though you were not leading us to believe that with your tone, which was perfect. <laughs> But I could I, I could not predict that let's it was going to be analyze, the chin. Let's not analyze how fucking hilarious I am it, because it, it'll take away the magic and okay. the mystique behind it was the wonder that is my funniness. Yeah, the cancer's not doing anything to diminish the funny, so that's good. <laughs> okay, so now let's get to Kristen Cinema praising Mitch McConnell. It was a mutual oh, praise yeah. fest. So Just let's jerking each other off let's left and hear. right. But despite our apparent differences, Senator McConnell and I have forged a friendship, one that is rooted in our commonalities, including our pragmatic approach to legislating, our respect for the Senate as an institution, our love for our home states, and a dogged determination on behalf of our constituents. You know, in today's partisan Washington, it might shock some that a Democratic senator would consider the Republican leader of the Senate her friend. But back home in Arizona, we don't view life through a partisan lens. Arizonans understand that while we may not agree on every issue, we do share the same values. 
you do. Okay, so this is one of my favorite clips, and we reference this all the time, and so we thought we need to bring it as a drop. We want to give more context, though. This you do is from Bridesmaids, and we want to play the entire scene so you can kind of get the entire context if you haven't seen Bridesmaids. Because we're going to continue to play it. It's, it's my new favorite reply on Twitter in GIF form is this scene with you do. Wow, that looks like somebody's really relaxing now. Yeah, wow. What are you guys talking about up here? We are, um, we're going to a restaurant tonight. I know the owner, yeah. so he's just you coming. Do. Oh, <laughs> Helen is the enemy. I, we could just play the whole fucking movie for the show, and I'd be very happy. Yeah, I love Bridesmaids. I love that scene. I think we can all relate to talking to someone like that, and you just want to be like, you do. <laughs> so now we have a reason to play it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Kristen Cinema, Kirsten Cinema is um, an obvious charlatan who's being paid off by forces outside of the Senate. And for Mitch McConnell to talk about the deal making she's doing, she's not making deals with her colleagues in the Senate. She's making deals with the crypto fucking bros. She's making deals with individuals who want their taxes to remain where they are and not at levels that they should be paying relative to their fair share contributing to the betterment of the country. And it is sickening for these two compatriots to get up there and break their arms patting each other on the fucking back. Right. And she actually went further because they took questions during this event. And she talked about how she is actually for strengthening the filibuster. First, you touched on this in your talk, but can you expound on why you hold such support for the filibuster, especially when many others in your party have opposing views? That's such a great question, Madeline. You know, Senator McConnell mentioned this in his opening remarks, and I mentioned it in in my remarks as well. The danger of eliminating the 60-vote threshold is that the Senate becomes the House. And I remind everyone, I I left the House and ran for the Senate for a reason. (laughs) I remember my early years, I I served for uh, six years in the House of Representatives, I remember being so frustrated during those six years because it felt like every time there was a big bipartisan solution that needed to happen, the Senate just kind of came up with a solution and then gave it to the House and we just ate it. And um, that's why I ran for the Senate. Yeah. They're doing the work. So when Republicans are in control, they pass a little bit of crazy legislation. And when the Democrats are in control, they pass a little bit of crazy legislation. And the job of the Senate is to cool that passion. You know, there's a saying that um, the House is the cup of hot tea and the Senate is the saucer in which you cool that tea. The Senate was designed to be a place that moves slowly, to cool down those passions, to think more strategically and long term about the legislation before us. But the best thing you can do for your child is to not give them everything they want, right? And that's important in the United States Senate as well. We shouldn't get everything we want in the moment. So not only am I committed to the 60-vote threshold, I have an incredibly unpopular view. I actually think we should restore the 60-vote threshold for the areas in which it has been eliminated already. We should restore it. Not everyone likes that. Um, So voters are children? Yeah, uh, we're her children that things, she wants to withhold things from us because she's a good parent, Brittany Mm. Page. We need to be taught a lesson. And that lesson is that all things in due time. Listen, I understand if you hold this arcane 
nonsense view of the Senate being the tea, the, the saucer that cools the tea and the passions of the people, and all this fucking nonsense. But let me tell you, the Senate is has been nothing but an impediment to progress in this country related to eliminating Jim Crow, segregation, race relations, voting rights. The Senate, because of this rule, this filibuster, that they've watered down and watered down and watered down to where now no one even really needs to, to, to vote to get to culture. They just count the votes and know where they are, and then they just, they'll ditch uh, the votes on things. What they need to go back to if they're going to keep the filibuster is the olden times, the talking filibuster. The Mr. Smith goes to Washington, where if Ted fucking Cruz wants to get up there and filibuster, he's going to have to do it in front of the fucking world. And we all know why he's there and what he's obstructing. If they're going to do it, do it. Not this lazy bullshit that Kirsten Cinema is fully behind. It's just fucking gross. For sure. We'd love to know what you think about this. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. It's the asshole of today. Dennis Prager. Oh, yeah. Dennis Prager, you may know him from his radio show, The Dennis Prager Show, or Prager University. Prager you. Everything's fucking you with these numbskulls. He is a conservative commentator, and... He's just a dipshit. He had some thoughts about a sign that he saw at an elementary school that really upset him. Where is my favorite sign? Yeah, I, you know, that's not it. Uh, damn, I threw it away. <laughs> that school sign that I saw, schoolroom sign that I saw in the New York Times, the world is better because you are in it. I don't know what grade it was. I, I assume something like fifth grade. What a stupid message. Jesus, what? Plus, it's it's not true. What has any fifth grader done to have made the world better because what? he or she is in it? Boy, again, as I pointed out, it's the opposite of the way many of us were raised. Oh, buddy. If my father had said to me, you know, Dennis... The world is better because you are in it. I would have uh, believed that uh, even though he was never drunk, that he was actually drunk. Oh, buddy. You sound drunk, you fucking prick. And your dad sounds like a fucking prick. Yes. Oh, Dennis. Don't we wish that your dad would have said that the world is better because you are in it because things might be different if if he had i don't know what a remark i've never heard this yes i it was funny watching you react in real time i didn't know you hadn't listened to it yet i i listened to this and i thought wow this really explains a lot of what the conservative worldview is though you have a lot of people who were raised in a way that was harmful and that wasn't very encouraging and that was damaging probably in many in many ways And instead of coming out of those situations and saying, huh, 
that was pretty fucked up the way yeah. that I was raised. And I'm going to reflect on that and, and uh, not not idealize my parents when they shouldn't be. And I'm, I'm going to imagine a different kind of world and hope that other people can experience something different yeah, yeah. than what I experienced instead of what has any fifth grader ever done to make the world better? What do you mean they're awesome? I could fight. No, no fucking fifth grader would ever fight and win for me. I would kick <laughs> all their asses. There's not a single fifth grader on this earth who wouldn't get their ass beat by me. Oh, my God. And I, then, that's the equivalent here. Get in a cage with me, fifth grader. I'll fucking show you where the world works. And here's what's upsetting about this is the number of people that listened to this and went home to their kids... You're and, not special. Yeah, you and have shit. the and have the philosophy of Dennis's dad because Dennis Prager decided to laugh decided to laugh about this sign rather than talk about how maybe things would be different if more kids felt like they mattered and felt yeah. like they were special. Did you did you invent the iPhone, fifth grade kid? No, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> so this is pretty much the conservative viewpoint is you get to be a dick and that's what makes them so appealing to it's most people. It's not even getting to be a dick. It's encouraging that that's the way the world should work and the way to thrive as a conservative is to be as shitty and hurtful and negative as you possibly can to those out of power. And if there's a group of people out of power uh, more than fifth graders... <laughs> Let me know. But he's just attacking the weak and defenseless. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I'm seriously taken <laughs> aback by that. It's crazy. <laughs> what is happening? Oh. All right. Well, we're going to end it there. We, he was really we going through it. love you guys. What is <laughs> happening? Uh, we will see you next time. We are, uh, I'm seriously, I got to get my shit together. Uh, we are a listener supported program. If you'd like to help support the show, go to patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast, pick your tier and help support the work we do here. The dumb, dumb jokes and the, 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 the dime store political analysis. We love you guys. We'll see you next time until we do Brittany page. I'm Jesse Dollimore and this has been, I doubt it.